What up, world? It's your past first point guard and trailblazer reporter, Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. If you haven't already, go subscribe to the YouTube channel. I would appreciate it. In today's episode, we're going to talk the Blazers' loss to the Minnesota Timberwolves, a 109-107 game that came down to the final buzzer. Talk about the return of Norman Powell, who came back after not playing a game in almost three full weeks for the Portland Trailblazers, back on the floor for the first time. And then Cody Zeller, his season is done. He's headed for surgery, and likely his Blazers' career is done. We'll talk about the impacts of Norm's return and Cody Zeller's absence, Cody Zeller's exit. But first, let's do what we do. The fastest recap in the West. The Blazers lose 109-107 to the Minnesota Timberwolves in a high-scoring first half. Blazers led 63-55 at the break. The Blazers' offense kind of went away in the fourth quarter where they scored just 19 points. And the Minnesota Timberwolves overcame a late seven-point deficit in the third quarter and closed the quarter on a 14-5 run to take an 84-82 lead into the fourth quarter. And then things got fun. Blazers found themselves down nine with three minutes and 29 seconds left. They'd done, done a bunch of good work, but uh, Yusuf Nurkic picked up some foul trouble early in the third quarter, and then they uh, they kind of found themselves playing from behind, and then it looks like they might be over. Anthony, it might Things might be over. Anthony Edwards hits a three. The Blazers are down nine with three minutes and 29 seconds left, but here they come. CJ McCollum hits a three. Ant Edwards steps the line, misses two free throws. Then Nurk gets a layup off a nice little pick-and-roll feed. Anthony Edwards misses a three. The Blazers still have life. All of a sudden, it's a four-point game. Norm hits a couple free throws. It's a two-point game. Believe it if you will. Uh, D'Angelo Russell goes to the line. Uh, Timberwolves point guard, he splits a pair of free throws. Now the T-Wolves the late in the game, missing three of four free throws to give the Blazers life. And what do the Blazers do with that life? They grab a rebound, don't call timeout, and CJ McCollum steps into another three. This one from the right wing. Tie ball game with 10.5 seconds left. T-Wolves have to take a timeout. They get into just a straight-up spread and go get it for D'Angelo Russell. He easily gets by Anthony Simons, uh, makes a layup. Actually, Ant was called for a goaltend block and one that came off the glass. That one counts. Blazers have one last chance. They set up a left-wing shot for Anthony Simons. He takes a three, kind of harried and... uh, and difficult, barely catches the rim, ball comes off hard off the backboard, and that's your ball game. Minnesota holds on and wins 109-107. That's your fastest recap in the West. Uh, this this one came down to, to the final couple minutes, um, but the Blazers really kind of lost this game in the third quarter with a tough th- third quarter, but... Um, this game also, you know, I, I call other games talent games. I, I think Minnesota was better than the Blazers in this one, but not to the point where they the, the Blazers just lost because they weren't talented. That said, Anthony Edwards was the best player on the floor. He was the best player on the floor by a relatively wide margin. He finished with 40 points, nine boards, zero assists, three steals, and three blocks. Uh, he hit five threes. Obviously, he missed those free throws, but um, he made five of his first nine threes. He actually made five of ten, but one of them was a heave. He made five of his first nine threes. Like, he was on a heater, and he had 14 in the fourth quarter to help put this one away. He led the T-Wolves, who got 22 from D'Angelo Russell and 17 and 17 from Carl Anthony Towns. On the Blazers' side, Yusuf Nurkic, 20 points, 14 rebounds, and 4 assists. Nazir Little finished with 20 points and 8 boards. Nas actually had a scary moment with about 8 minutes left in the 4th quarter. He was going up for a rebound with... with uh, uh, with Cody Zeller, with Cody Zeller, with Carl Anthony Towns, <laughs> I got Zeller on the brain. With Carl Anthony Towns, and he kind of um, 
he, his, his left shoulder kind of got caught up with Towns when he went up. It wasn't totally clear when I saw it on the replay. I saw it a couple times. Not not totally clear what it was, but he went down in a heap and he was kind of writhing around. Looks like bad. Looks like it was a bad shoulder injury, um, like a collarbone or a dislocated shoulder. Like it was, it was very very scary when it happened, and you never want to see anyone get hurt. But some, particularly a young guy who's having this opportunity and playing really well, like Nas was, he gets up, you know, slowly walks off under his own power, jogs to the back, and then he came back. Uh, he was, you know, cleared to cleared to play and end up playing the final defensive possession uh, for the Blazers when they gave when they gave up a layup. But he finished with twenty points and eight boards 17 for Amphrey Simons he goes 5 of 18 from the floor just not a good shooting night and just 15 from Stephen McCollum 5 of 15 uh you know the Blazers are like they need those dudes to play well and if those dudes are going to combine to shoot 10 of 33 and finish with 32 points they're going to lose I mean that's just how it works um Norm Powell 8, eight points 5 boards off the bench he kind of looked like a guy playing his first game since uh for in the in three weeks, uh, nine from Ben McLemore, eight from Dennis Smith, and Trenton Watford had two points and five boards in ten in fourteen minutes. Um, this a, a couple things about this one. Uh, crunch time situation. I liked uh, what the Blazers sort of. I liked the Blazers not taking a timeout with. Uh, after D'Angelo Russell misses a free throw uh, for a couple reasons. One, the Blazers had to take a timeout with about, um, with at the four-minute mark when uh, when uh, Robert Covington got caught in the below the belt um, in the groin when he was uh, going up for a rebound. He stayed down. They had to take a foul. Um, that was the foul where Anthony Edwards missed two free throws and they had to use their timeout. It was just all bad. Put, that foul put the Blazers in the bonus and they had to take a timeout they didn't want. So when you have one timeout, um, I think regardless of the situation, even if D'Angelo Russell hits both, I think you want to just go and get a shot off and then play the foul game and keep your timeout because either way you're going to need it um, to kind of extend the game. And if he misses particularly, I, I like that decision making um, because you have dudes who like to dribble into three pointers you're going to get a better shot just kind of running in transition and letting CJ McCollum or Anthony Simons pull up then letting a good defensive team get their defense set and then you basically have one shot to like extend the game or not so I like I like not taking that time out there I thought that was late game execution that that I liked late game execution that I really 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 did not like on the other end though is um, so CJ hits that three in transition you know they get the they get the rebound. They push. CJ the Norm hits it ahead to CJ. CJ hits a it's a deep pull up. Um, CJ hadn't shot particularly well. It's two for eight when he took that one. Hits that one three for nine. Let's go. Um, but but Minnesota takes time out and the Blazers um, c- come out to uh, you know defend with ten seconds left. Right, like they're gonna. It's a tie game, so you like think most likely Minnesota will use all of the clock. You want to get your best defensive grouping in there and. Um, Initially, Yusuf Nurkic was in the game and on the ball, and Chauncey Billups made the sub to put um, Nazir Little in the game, and he put and he took Nurk out. And I, I get the idea, and Chauncey explained it afterwards that he was going to um, he wanted to switch everything. And if you put Nurk in there, you you end up you maybe end up with a switch you don't like. And Nurk had five fouls, and and and, and so you you know you're risking him, and then you don't have your screen setter if you're still alive, or don't have him for overtime if you do um, get a stop. The foul thing doesn't really matter to me. I I like I just disagree with that foul conservatism. You want him in the game because he's um, you, that's the most important part of the game. You're not what the hell are you saving him for? But I think that was more the explanation was more about switching. Um, but and I get that. Like I, it made I understood what he was doing in the moment. I understood the explanation. But I don't I. 
I would rather have Nurk in the game, um, and I would have rather taken CJ McCollum or Anthony Simons out in those situations. Um, take your pick. Either both those guys are like competitive and decent defenders, but I would rather go with your whoever you think of either of those is your is your uh, weakest defender. For me, that's Anthony Simons, like pretty clearly. Um, and but uh, I would have taken if you want to keep Ant in there because he's you know on the ball and been competitive, et cetera, et cetera. And you got to take CJ out there. And I why I would do that is because what the Minnesota Timberwolves did is they ended up just like spreading him out and saying go get it like an ISO bucket. And D'Angelo Russell just walked past Anthony Simons, didn't even really put a move on him, kind of just walked past him for a layup and got beat. You know, gave up gave up a left hand left hand drive and and gave up a layup. You give up a layup with ten seconds left. Um, but the Blazers didn't have any rim protection in there. They didn't have anybody to step in. So when when Ant gets beat, the only you know your backside help just wasn't there. Uh, Rocco was out on Anthony on Carl Anthony Towns, who had who had um, you know what had hit three threes and was shooting well, and and they had. Uh, Rocco on that matchup pretty much all night so they could switch that screen. Nurk had had been guarding Jared Vanderbilt almost in the majority of the game. He was going to be in the helper spot. Keep him in that helper spot. Keep him in to protect the rim. I would have really, I would have rather seen that. You'd also rather see every time not give up layup in that situation, but what are you going to do? Um, and then the final thing is they give they gave, they went to Ant in the final shot. I have no beef with that. I, I wasn't, I don't think I have a I don't think I have a strong opinion on it has to go to CJ because he's hit two threes down the stretch of this game, or it has to go to Ant because he's, you know, better or whatever. Um, either one, I don't care. But Chauncey mentioned something I think was interesting was that he w- he wishes that Ant had taken his l- a little more time there and g- he had a- enough time to take a dribble and get into his floater range, especially because uh, the defense came was, was with Vanderbilt was really strong on him and really strong, like on his shooting hand made that shot hard. You know, it, it was gross off the backboard, like a hard three didn't, didn't really give itself much of a chance, but because you're only down two, you don't have to take a three. I like taking a three. I like going for the win, but I thought it was an interesting point from Billups that that Simons had some time. So a thing I liked from Billups, a thing I didn't like from Billups, and an interesting point from Chauncey. He's, he gets it all the way around here in the final minutes, and that's just kind of the, the nature of a close game. What I want to talk about in the second segment, Norman Powell makes his return. First time we've seen him in action since January 7th. And we're not going to really going to review what Norm did. Now we're going to go shot by shot, but I think there's a sort of larger ripple effect. We'll talk about that ripple effect in the second segment. Before we do that, let me tell you about Prize Picks. It's the it's daily fantasy made easy. Um, you can download the app in your app store, whatever mobile device you got. You can go visit their website, PrizePicks.com. And right now they got a no-brainer, wonderful deal. If you are a new user, when you're at PrizePicks.com or downloading the app, use the promo code NBA when you are setting up. Um, making your first selections, making your first bets. And you pick a player, that player scores one point, you will get a free $50 deposited in your account when you use the promo code NBA. That's a free 50 bucks for one selection, one point, $50. Literally pick Anthony Simon, CJ McCollum. They're going to score one point tomorrow night against the Dallas Mavericks. You're going to win some money. Uh, Prize pick, super easy. You're just picking the over-under set by their odds makers. You you set up a two to five man ballot. You can cross sports if you want to do football and basketball or any other any other uh, sports that meet your fancy. Super simple, super easy. Go to prizepicks.com or download the app and use that promo code NBA to take advantage of this offer. Today's show is also brought to you by Gresham Family Law. Do you have a family attorney? Well, Gresham Family Law could be the solution for you if you don't. When you're faced with a big decision that could affect your family and your future, remember that you don't have to face it alone. 
Gresham Family Law has your back. From helping you prepare for a successful marriage, to protecting your home, to preserving your legacy, and ensuring that your last wishes are honored with respect, Gresham Family Law is proud to provide holistic family law representation and counsel in the areas of family law, including divorce, custody, probate of wills, estate planning, and bankruptcy. So you can call the Gresham Family Law right now, their office is right now at 503-465-9900. You'll be able to set up an in-person consultation at their location at 1217 Northeast Burnside Road in Gresham. Or if you prefer to do it over Zoom, over video conference, or over the phone, you can do that as well. Plus, home visits are available for certain types of clients and certain types of cases. Visit GreshamFamilyLaw.com for more information. All right. So we talked about the Blazers' loss to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, just a tough one. The Blazers have been playing well. Um, this was a game that they definitely could have won, and they didn't. Um, and it came down to the final couple seconds. You know, needed a defensive stop, needed one more bucket. Uh, they were right there. It happens. Um, if you're rooting for losses, you got a good one. This was an entertaining game that ended with a loss. I'm happy for for you. Uh, but this game is also marked by the return of Norman Powell, Stormin Norman. Um, understand the grind. I was going to say respect the grind, but I got to get Norm's branding right. UTG, understand the grind. Norm comes back. Um, he had not played since January 7th. He'd missed eight games, six while he was in health and safety protocols, um, the COVID health and safety protocols, and then two more with personal reasons. So he'd missed, he missed the last eight games, hadn't played since January 7th. You know, that's 18 days off, 19 days in between games. Um, and he, quite frankly, he looked like a player who hadn't played basketball in three weeks, finished, uh, played 26 minutes, was two Two of four from three, O of two from two point range, made both of his free throws. Those came in the um in the final two minutes to keep the Blazers in this game. Finished with eight points, five boards, and two assists to go with the steal. Uh if you're into this, he was minus 14 in 26 minutes. But instead of um like like I said, we're not gonna do a minute by minute breakdown of of all six of Nas's field goal attempts and some of his like defensive possessions. Um, he was tasked with guarding Anthony Edwards late in the game, um, and you know, Ant was good. And at fourteen in the fourth quarter, um, it takes uh, Ant was just fantastic. I'm not, I'm not. That kind of sounded like I was setting up to dunk on Norm. It was fine. Uh, Ant was really good. Um, it happens. Players are good. It's hard to play. It's hard to play defense in the league. Uh, certainly one on one against elite scores. But the thing, the more notable thing about Powell's return is that this is the first game he's ever come off the bench for the Portland Trailblazers. Twenty seven of twenty seven last year, and then the playoffs. Thirty four regular season games this year. He started all thirty four prior to this one. Sixty seven games, all starts. And prior to the game, uh, Chauncey Billups told reporters, assembled media, that uh, he was going to keep Norm on the bench because Norm had a minutes limit. I assume Norm's minutes limit was roughly half the game. He played a shade over 25 minutes tonight, 26 minutes tonight. Uh, I assume that's kind of the high end of his minutes limit. Um, he's not going to, you know, he wasn't, maybe not necessarily going to play like a, a bunch of minutes, but when, uh, when Nazir Little got hurt for that stretch of the final eight minutes of the third quarter or fourth quarter, final eight minutes of the game, it was... Norm had to play, so like he might have he might have pressed up against his minutes limit because of because of the situation more than more than necessity to play him. But um, prior to you know, Chauncey says I'm not going to start. You know, I'm going to stick with my same stars. Not going to start Norm because he's on this minutes limit. Um, but he also mentioned that he doesn't like to um, he he doesn't want to give away someone's starting spot because of injury. He said I don't like guys to lose their spot because of injury, um, which. I, 
that's kind of like a basketball cliche, but I think there's some, some real truth to that is that guys should have guys should sort of play their way in and out of the lineup. Um, the problem is, I think that's happened. And I want to say two things. One, Billups um, was asked about the length, like playing three guards. Do you want to do that? Because the team has just looked better when Nazir Little's been at the three and you give him a little more length on the wing, et cetera, et cetera. And he's like, no, I don't think it's about size. I think it's about effort. And I regard that as nonsense. I think that was just BS from Chauncey. I think he was saying the right thing, but um, I don't think he believes that. He said earlier in the season, he had like a, they played the Toronto Raptors. I remember this game very vividly. Played the Toronto Raptors. And he was, I was, literally asked him about, you know, the Raptors are so big on the wing. How do you think you match up? And he says, you know, we give up size every night. Give up size every night. That Chauncey Billups is still in there. Like whatever BS he said before the game, um, you know, there's something to be said for like saying the right thing. And I'll even say like, lying to the media is a sign of being an NBA coach, right? Like telling them something that's kind of bogus prior to the game in pregame media sessions is like a, a true rite of passage. Welcome to the league, Chauncey. You are, you are faux show killer, an NBA coach now, if you're telling, um, you know, half, half truth to the NBA, to the uh, NBA reporters prior to the game. Uh, I don't think Chauncey believes that, though. I think he wants size on the wing. I think he desperately wants size on the wing. And I think he was frustrated early in the season by being hamstrung by how small this team was and how kind of committed they were to playing four, six foot, or three, six foot, three guards pretty much at all time. So um, the ripple effect of Nas's return is not necessarily that I think like he's going to be on the bench forever. It's that Chauncey's going to be faced with a tough decision because Nazir Little deserves to play. He finished with 20 points tonight. Um, and he had, you know, he had 17 and, and was, and was rolling through, uh, you know, through two and some change quarters early in the third quarter. He hits another three, um, hit four threes, but he had his third three to push him to 17. Like he was, he was balling. Like he was Arguably the Blazers' best player. I thought uh, Nurk had an okay game, but he kind of for- he was a little, little, a little too forward early with his offense. Like Nas deserves to play, um, and if you bump Nas up to four, you're just you're you're even smaller. Like you're exacerbating the problem even even fur- even further. So the. Now, Norman Powell's absence creates, or Norman Powell's return from his absence creates an, an interesting decision for Chauncey Billups. I think eventually he'll go back to the three guard pairing because of, you know, respect and salary and all those things. Um, And we'll just see Nas come off the bench and play similar amount of minutes, but whatever, whatever. But I don't think Chauncey wants to do that in his heart. Um, And I also think the, the team has like just straight up looked better. If you're asking me what they should do, stick with the same starting group, make Norm the sixth man. Um, You know, he's, you're saying like, Oh, but he's, you know, he's paid to be a starter. He just paid. <laughs> like he's just paid. Uh, he is, his role is determined outside of the salary. There are politics and all those things involved uh, with NBA stuff. But he, but I think I just straight up think Nazir Little deserves to start. He's been better, and he's and he's incredibly important to this like Blazers future. Is that he's an NBA starting small forward. The other thing here is that some of this stuff may work itself out. Norman Powell may get traded. Uh, Robert Covington may get traded. Uh, you know, CJ McCollum may get traded. So like the roster stuff will work itself out. But I think it's really, um, I, I, 
Chauncey said today, and you got to trust, uh, I'm a big proponent, if you've listened to the podcast, big proponent in talking to the principal actors involved with this and listening to their words. Chauncey said that he doesn't, he you know, he doesn't want to give away Norm's starting spot because of injury and because of COVID or illness or whatever it is. So he wants to go back to that three-guard look. And the three-guard look's unavoidable. Like, you know, off the bench, you're playing Dennis Smith Jr., Ben McLemore, and Norman Powell, or you're playing Dennis Smith Jr., Ben McLemore, and Nas you're still going to go with three guards at some point, either going to start or they're going to be your bench group. I would much rather have the bench group be a little bit smaller. I think um, you can get away with those sort of smaller groupings when you're playing against other second units, as opposed to when you're a little bit bigger. Plus the Blazers have just been straight up better. They've been, um, you know, something like the 20th best defense in the NBA with, since they've inserted Nas into the starting lineup, they're better with length don't go back to it. I understand the politics of it, but don't, don't, don't. Ants, Ant deserves to play and start. Nas deserves to play and start. CJ McCollum is like a cornerstone of this team. He's going to start. You kind of have to start Nurk and, uh, and uh, Robert Covington because that's your best four and your best five by a massive margin. Um, so the the question is, it's Nas versus Norm. I lean Nas because of the future and the present of the franchise. It makes more sense. It doesn't mean Norman Powell's isn't good. It just he's been one of the Blazers most he's been the Blazers most consistent offensive player all season. Keep him in that role off the bench and let him see what he can do. Um and then you get to choose at the end of games who you what lineups you close with based on what's working. I think that's that's the way I would do it. But I believe Norman Powell here, if not tomorrow night against the Dallas Mavericks moving forward, is gonna be the Blazers starter. I just think that's I think they're going to go back to it and then they'll end up going back and maybe end up going back away from it from there. But I, that's how I think this shakes out before I want to close the show talking about Cody Zeller. He's his Blazers career is likely done after he, and now he's headed for knee surgery. We'll talk about what that means, what that looks like for the Blazers and what's what, what is on the horizon with Zeller getting injured. But first or getting headed for surgery. But first let's talk about built bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market. That's what they're doing. They are making a delicious protein bars. My personal favorites, peanut butter, brownie cookies and cream, but they got flavors for whatever your palate is. Plus new ones all of the time. So check built.com. I got temp limited time flavors. So if you like something, you better head on over their website and cop it quick. Cause it might disappear. They're always changing, trying new things, changing new things in and out. It's a ton of fun. Uh, all of these protein bars pack a punch 17 to 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories, four to five grams of sugar, five grams of net carbs. That's right. Protein bars are fun. New flavors are fun. Seasonal flavors are fun. I'm having fun. Built bars, built bar is fun, sir. So go have some fun, sir. Use the promo code locked15 get 15% off your order at built.com. That's promo code locked15 for 15% off at built.com. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. Still listening to Locked on Blazers. We talked Blazers lost to T Wolves. We talked the return of Norman Powell and that sort of tough. Maybe obvious decision that's ahead for the Blazers, but but one that comes with a couple ripples here. Um, but the next sort of ripple effect here is who's not going to be here. Cody Zeller had surgery today, January 25th, as I, as I record this episode. Had surgery today, Tuesday, January 25th, to uh, repair a right patella avulsion fracture. So that's a cracked right kneecap. Um, He's out eight to 10 weeks. You know, generously, he could come back at the final week of the regular season, but he's not going to play again this year. 
his season is almost certainly done and his Blazers career is almost certainly done. What did, what did the big handsome do in his Blazer career? Well, he appeared in 27 games all off the bench, averaged 5.2 points, 4.6 rebounds and 13.1 minutes. I was a big believer in Cody Seller at the beginning of the year. If you are a long-time listener to this podcast, you will remember that I was a big believer. I was, I, I was, you know, saying that this is a really good value for uh, the minimum, and 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 you know, the Blazers they did well to get Zeller, and I kind of still think that. But this was always on the table. Um, Zeller has had a history throughout his his years in Charlotte. It was the 2013 draft, so eight eight seasons in Charlotte prior to this one. Um, Throughout those eight seasons, he's dealt with a ton of injuries all over knee, back, uh, wrist. Uh, it's it, what he's he has he has had a lot of trouble staying on the court. This was a known known entity, known quantity, right? Like it was. This is kind of part of part of the risk associated with getting Cody Zeller is that he's he's been injury prone. It was always kind of baked in. We talked about it at the beginning of the year a bunch. It's like. Cody Zeller's had a history of of injuries. Larry Nance said history of injuries. Nurk has had some um, had some major injuries and missed time uh, pretty consistently with with some injuries um, throughout his years. So like the Blazers are all you know they could eat a little thin up front. So I thought they might keep Marquise Chris at the beginning of the year because I thought they needed some more depth up front. They want Dennis Smith Jr. He's contributing now and it's fine. Um, they're carrying an open roster spot. They always could have done this, but for financial reasons they don't want to add depth. So the Blazers' depth right now up front like the only healthy center because. Uh, Larry Nance, who was, um, has been, you know, went on the Blazers road trip and, but is still out with, um, with his knee injury is the only Blazers backup big is, is Trenton Watford. And I like Trenton Watford. I think he could, I think he can be an NBA player, but he's not like a high level backup center. He's not like a four anyways, but like he's, you know, plays a lot of small ball five, um, and and he, and he has you know he has some flashes where he has some positive things but i'm like even as a straight up trendon watford believer here on this microphone who i've said that a whole bunch of times um so like even as someone who's pro watford i see his limitations he's not capable of being like a high level backup in this league for a team that like is going to chase a playoff spot you're just he you're even all the positive he brings, he, you're just missing the size. Uh, when Yusuf Nurkic got in foul trouble early in the third quarter, it was is Watford who had to play those minutes. Um, and Carl Anthony Towns feasted. He had 12 in the fourth, 12 in the third quarter because they just didn't have size for a size for that matchup. They don't have that at the end of the bench. Like um, you could say, like, oh well, Covington played a bunch of backup five last year. Well, they don't have a four on the end of the bench, right? Like it's regardless of like who you think is the four and the five, Covington and Ellington is. Um, Covington and Watford, uh, shout out to Wayne Ellington, Covington and Watford is a small duo up front, right? Like it's, it's, you're just, you're giving up size and you can't play a bunch of minutes without Watford on the floor because you literally don't have another four on the roster the way, uh, this thing was built. You have Tony Snell, who's not, um, has been a negative for the most part this season. I think Zeller's, um, injury or, or, or like this, like now that we know he's not going to return, you know, he tried, he came back. Um, from this injury, from the knee thing, and played a couple games, and clearly just wasn't right, and had to go get surgery. Like he tried it, and it didn't work. He tried to return, and didn't work. Um, that you know, it's. I think we give. I think it's kind of bad that we give athletes credit for playing through injuries because it's like their physical bodies and their livelihood. But like, yeah, there's a certain amount of toughness and and like respect for trying to tough it out that you got to give to Zeller. But you know, now he's now he's headed for a, a knee surgery and going to miss two months. Like. 
Um, and and the impact is the Blazers just like they desperately need Larry Nance back. But again, this is like a situation where maybe this solves itself. I think like the the it's like what I'm talking about the immediate impact. The Blazers are are thin up front and remain thin up front. That is the immediate impact for sure. Um, and and that's not going to change. Um, even as, as your number one podcaster who loves Trenton Wofford, there might be others out there, but the one I'm familiar with me, the biggest Trenton Wofford believer that on the mic, uh, the Blazers are thin up front and they are, you know, they're going to struggle in those minutes because Wofford is a fine complimentary part, but probably, probably is just straight up not ready for this big of a role in the NBA. Um, I, I see the promise, we don't need to see it. And we can see the struggles also right there in the present as well. Um, real, real limitations if he's your backup center. They're, they desperately need Larry Nansmack or they need some help. I kind of think this might solve itself because the Blazers are going to make trades. Like I think Cody Zeller very likely to be included in a trade just because then a team with an open roster spot, you give away Zeller, they, um, you know, they get something, a second round pick of some flavor off of you for, for their troubles. Um, and the Blazers can then either sign someone or, or acquire another big in the trade, but they've got to acquire another big here at some point if they're going to go for it. Or again, like I said, like I keep saying, it might solve itself. Like they might, there's a chance that it, by the time you get to February 10th, the Blazers go the other way and they trade Nurk and they trade Rocco um, and, the, and Zeller and Snell at the end of the bench too to like make some trades work and that b- not having an NBA quality center is a, is a feature, not a bug. I will say this, however, r- whatever they do, they're going to need frontline help next season. And I don't want I think you can get some value for cheaper than what Nurk will command on the market but you are going to need a someone who can start 80 games at center for you some way somehow um, whether that's bringing back use of Nurkic something that I think is very unlikely or trading for something for someone who can help in that role which is going to be a challenge you're going to need it um, it's just absolutely a necessity for this team and I think Zeller's absence underscores how thin they are up front and when you kind of peek into the horizon in the future it's like oh yeah that's something they're going to need real fours and fives on this team like they have a lot of good guards dennis smith jr and ben mackman are pretty good complimentary guards as depth as a team that's lost you know that's been missing time with with dame and norm like they've got depth at guard they could use it at all of the other spots now. And I think Zeller's absence uh, underscores that one. That's going to do it for today's show. Blazers play the Dallas Mavericks tomorrow night. Mavs coming off. uh, This is actually, I guess, Wednesday, January 26th show when you're listening to this. They play the Dallas Mavericks tonight. Um, The Mavs coming off a bad loss. They lost by lost by 30 plus to the uh to the Golden State Warriors in San Francisco. They're in a second night of a back-to-back also on the road. They also lost shooting guard Tim Hardaway Jr. to a fractured pinky toe. They're going to be a little bit shorthanded. Uh THJ is a big part of their offensive arsenal. It means more Reggie Bullock who's really struggled and a whole lot more of Jalen Brunson who's had a nice little breakout season. Uh they're they're going to be missing a key offensive part, but the the Mavs last time they played the Blazers beat the snot out of a Blazers team that did not try. So I think an important part for for Wednesday's game is having the Blazers uh, try, be competitive um, would be my my recommendation against a pretty good uh, Mavericks team. Blazers are going to look pretty much the same. We'll see if Norman Powell starts, but they, they should look pretty much the same. There's no update on Larry Nance's future uh, availability there. They're, he's the only one we're waiting for. I think the Blazers nine-man rotation with, with Ant, CJ, Little, Cove, Nurk, Powell, Smith, McLemore, and Watford is set. That's who we're going to see play the Mavs again, and that's who we're going to see going forward until the trade season comes. I still anticipate 
some major moves. We'll talk about that more later this week. We'll do a mailbag. Going to have Jason Quick join. Uh, that's that's what we're looking at the week ahead. Five days a week, free whenever you get podcasts. Make Locked On Blazers your first listen. Tell your friends to do the same. Make it part of your daily routine. And then if you have friends who enjoy the Blazers, tell them about the show so they can make this also a part of their own daily routine. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.